you do have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to be all over the place um, this morning, but uh, that'll be at least a good starting point. I have, I've heard great things about last week. Um, many, I've got a lot of really good feedback. Bingo shared with us last week, and he went through the Romans road, and I've just heard nothing but really, really good feedback. And so he doesn't know this yet, but because it, it went so well, Bingo's now going to come and share this morning's message as well. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, he had the look of panic in his eye. I, I, I'd be ready in season and out of season, brother. But seriously, they, uh, great. Uh, thank you for, for all of you that, that stepped up last week in, in my absence. And uh, we, I, I heard we didn't get to record it. We had some, some technical issues just with the microphone, I guess. But um, uh, Bingo made it plain and what it means to, to be a Christ follower, how to become a Christ follower. And so I'm actually going to build on some of, of what Bingo had shared later uh, in my message today. But we're going to, to get into some stuff that, that I've just been chewing on because we've been doing this junior Bible quiz for a while now. And we've been basically doing it since February and I know not a lot of you, some of you have joined us on our game nights, and some of you have got to participate in this. Um, but I've had to uh, watch Vanessa as she's preparing, there she is coming back in, but as she's preparing some of these lessons on some of these really tough Bible stories, I'm watching her squirm a little bit. Okay, how do I tell the kids about these stories? And so we're going to call this series that we're going to get into called Genesis Stories, Stories that we tell our kids, and then parentheses, maybe the things we don't tell them. So just take a look at that picture up there. I'm going to get through Genesis 3, uh, chapters 3 through 11. And, and that story in the middle there, what, what do you think that one in the middle is? Oh, by the way, by the way, um, I just thought I'd make this fun, kind of like Vanessa does with Junior Bible Quiz. And I've learned that kids and adults all like chocolate, all right? But they call this the fun size it would be fun for me if it was bigger, like, like a loaf of Snickers, like a Snick-a-loaf. That would be more fun. But So anyway, if you get a right question, I'll go ahead and give you a candy bar. But what story did you say that was, Cheryl? Where uh, the one brother's killing the other brother. Yeah. Who, who is it again? Hey, you guys got to raise your hands, okay? It's going to be really hard to hear her if you don't raise your hands, okay? Go ahead. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It was, who, who were the two Cain, people? Cain and Abel. So, Vanessa, how do you tell that story? Like, you know, what's this picture? Oh, they're just playing hide-and-seek. And it looks like it's a rock, Dad. Is that a rock? No, it's a rubber dodgeball. They, when, you find, when they find you, you try to hit them with the dodgeball. So, what about this one? What do you think the picture on the left is? Huh? No, there's a big boat, a very big boat. Yes. But what about the guys on the rocks? They're one to be saved. That are like crying out and the waters are getting higher and higher. You know, how are you going to explain that one to your kids? So these stories have come up. And as we've been going through some of this junior Bible quiz stuff, um, these stories have been coming up and bringing forth some really good questions. Some things that, um, that I've had a chance to talk about with my family. But I hope that you will also get to share with your kids, with your grandkids as well. Because there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to understand. And so I have about four messages that I'm going to get through in Genesis as we get into July. and We'll have uh, Father's Day coming up. 
I'm probably bit off way more than I can chew this morning, uh, but I want to just try to give you a, a today's going to be a little bit more of a format of a Bible study. A lot of scripture today. I want you to understand some basic points of these texts and why these things are in here. The book of Genesis is, was passed on to us from generation to generation. I mean, if you've never thought about this before, when Adam is naming all the emit, all the animals, was there some data processing angel sitting right beside him typing all this stuff down? No. How did we get all this information? Because it was passed on through oral tradition. It was passed on from generation to the next. And so what we have in, in Genesis is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but it is what stuck. It is what, what everyone would have known because their fathers had told them. Now, and so th- these are, these are th- there's reasons why these passages are here and, and some messages that we need to be communicating and understanding as the people of God today. And so since, since our kids have been doing Junior Bible Quiz, here's five questions that Vanessa's had to wrestle with. And so now you can wrestle with them too and see if you know the answers, okay? So here's, here, just raise your hand just like you're supposed to in class. And, if, and, and you can even act like, you know, if you know the answer, say, pick me, pick me, okay? Because that's what Aubrey does. Aubrey does that. She's pick me. She, she gets pretty excited, doesn't she? All right. So the first one, who were the first two brothers? Somebody, you can raise your hand. You've got to raise your hand first, and then I'll call on you. Who were they? Cain and Abel, there you go. There's, there's Candy Bar. Uh, the next one, who was the first murderer? Leanne. I'm going to ask Ava to answer that one then. Cain, very good. Here it comes. All right, the next one. We'll see if anybody knows this one other than Ava and Vanessa. What man walked with God until God took him to heaven without dying? What man walked with God until God took him to heaven without dying? Does anyone know that answer? Besides, oh, there, Binko's got it. Ooh, that is very close, but that's not the answer we're looking for. Elijah went with a whirlwind and a tornado to heaven. He's one of two men that did not die on this earth. There's one more, and I see our teachers are raising their hands, and they know the answer. Enoch! Nice job, Tracy. All right. We got a couple more. <laughs> I got a couple more. Ooh, this is tough. Um, these, are all, these are all the information I'm going to try to cover today. Who were the three sons of Noah? Nick's going to take a shot at that one. Who's got the last one? Japheth. Nice job. Ham, Shem, and Japheth. All right, I'll give you guys each one. I got, I got plenty. Here you go. Man, I'm going to have to throw that one pretty far. There you go. All right. Last one. What was the meaning of the first rainbow? According to Genesis 9.15. What was the meaning of the first rainbow? According to Genesis 9.15, Nick's got his hand raised. I'm kind of looking for somebody else that, that hasn't answered one yet. All right, Chris. The covenant that he would not flood the earth again. Good job. Now, what he said is going to come up at the end of the message as well. Um, 
about judgment, about a judgment that's going to take place again. So we got lots of explaining to do, a lot of stuff to get through. I hope you're, there's going to be lots of scriptures on the screen, so we're going to talk through a few things. So I'm going to begin with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Let's pray. God, you're good. Your ways are higher than ours. Your thoughts are deeper than ours. Your words are deeper than ours. So, Lord, we need you more than we need ourselves. And so now we want to be about your word. Open up our hearts so that we can hear your voice today. So that we can understand things that we haven't maybe cared to understand before or saw the relevance to our life today. Your word brings healing. Your word brings victory. It brings power. It it is the sword of the spirit that divides joint and marrow and brings life to all light, to all of the dark places in our life. Your will be done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the text that Cheryl read um, was out of the line of Cain and Abel. It was what the Lord says to Cain just before um, he kills his brother Abel, like in the middle picture there, all right? It says why, he says, he says, Abel, gen- go ahead and go to uh, Genesis um, 4, excuse me. Nick, I didn't have that one on there for you. I'm sorry. I don't know if you have. Do you have Genesis? Four, six seven? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. Genesis 4, 6 through 7, yeah. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, what has just happened before that is that Cain and Abel had both brought an offering before the Lord. The text reads that Abel brought his best from his flocks, and it says that Cain brought some of the fruits of his labor. And in this moment... It says the Lord accepted Abel's but rejected Cain's. Scripture does not say why Abel's was accepted and Cain's was rejected. But you can allude because of the language that Abel brought what was the best of his flock and Cain brought some of his crops. Now here is the first moment where we see Cain experiencing some kind of resistance. We see Cain experience rejection. And what will happen next? Now, to understand this, you have to remember, I think I've shared this before, Cain and Abel didn't have that much of a family tree. They saw their mom and dad, Adam and Eve, and then they looked at the pictures of their grandparents, and there's mom's rib, or excuse me, dad's rib, and the dirt of the ground. You know, that's all they got. That's grandma and grandpa, bone and dirt. I'm a piece of dirt. That's the line that I come from. So, so what I'm trying to get at, though, is their, their history, mom and dad had a lot of stories to tell about their relationship with their creator. Now, a lot of this is assumption that we get from the book of Genesis, but there is a natural thing that Abel understood of who the creator of the universe was that he gave his best and Cain gave something. Now, again, it didn't say what was wrong with the offering, but we have two attitudes here. One that would be grateful 
and one that was, well, just kind of going through the motions, giving something. Now, I'm just going to explore this attitude of what, of, of what Cain had and what this turned into a little bit. See, when things get hard, and I'm not talking about crazy crises in our lives, but when things just get a little bit mundane, we, we, can, we fail to see what is right in front of us. I mean, do you know what I mean by the mundane? The kind of stuff that you do every day, over and over again, the way you feel when you do it, like I did this before, here it is, I got to do it again, and I'm going to have the same stuff to do tomorrow, I'm going to have the same issues, and I keep going forward, and it almost feels like insanity, because you're doing the same thing over and over again, it doesn't feel like you're getting different results. (coughs) There's a mundaneness that we get caught in, in life, period. Now, I'm bringing this up because this was so relevant Because what had taken place in Genesis 3, oh, uh, Allie, if you can go to that scripture, Genesis 3, verses 17 through 19. Go ahead, that next verse there. It's here's what, here is what God said to Adam after they ate the apple. He said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed, next verse please, cursed is the ground because of... Curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it in all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now, in the, in the first people that were on this earth, let's don't pretend that this wasn't a challenge, because... Here is what they named Noah. Okay, the next verse, Nick. This is how Noah was named in Genesis 5, 28 through 29. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah. And here's what, here's what Noah's name means. He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. See how relevant this is? This is right away... Uh, first people on earth after sin, there is immediately this challenge of just mundane, hard work to do every day. Stuff that they have to accomplish. And so you can imagine Cain is a farmer. He's really grateful for the stuff that has gone well because this was supposed to be hard. And he's working and he's toiling. He's doing everything he knows to do. And then he he sees the best of what he's got and he doesn't want to give the best of what he's got. He wants to keep that. So, but he knows he's supposed to give an offering. He's at least supposed to give God something. So he does. And he quickly forgets who his creator is. He forgets the whole reason for his existence. And this was the beginning of what the Lord said to Cain. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. It's crazy how there's a slip into wickedness, a slip into anger, a slip into bitterness, just from the most basic, challenging, mundane things of life every day. Now, this was such a big challenge in Genesis 5, 28 through 29. We see what Noah's name means. But let's take a step back, just a couple verses, um, to Genesis well, all of, all of Noah's, well, Noah had Ham, Shem, and Japheth, okay? But even before that, all of the descendants of Adam and Eve, 
Cain killed Abel. Do anybody know which, which son replaced him then? Seth, very good. Even all of their descendants had become wicked because Genesis 6-5 tells us this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Now, before that, just a couple passages before, we see some, we see lineages. And most people don't pay too much attention to the lineages in Scripture. There's a couple interesting people. You already heard of one of them. We're going to go to Genesis 5, 21 through 24. We heard about Enoch. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. We have a lot of big M's. We have Mephibosheth, Methuselah, Melchizedek. Vanessa's had to deal with all of those and figure out what they mean, okay? After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons. Next verse. And daughters. Although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. Now, so we, we read of Enoch, but there's also, he mentions Methuselah. Methuselah was one of Enoch's sons. And what does it say about Methuselah in Genesis 5, 25 through 27? Oh, I messed you up. Go to Genesis. I knew this would happen, Nick. I put so much scripture on there. Genesis 3, 8 through 9. Go ahead and put that there. Enoch, it says he walked with God. We don't get too much exactly what it is that he did that was so great, okay? But what happened in the garden in Genesis 3, 8 through 9? Here's what happens after Adam and Eve had ate the apple. It says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from him. The Lord God among the trees of the garden, and it said, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? Did the Lord know the answer to that question? Yes, he did. He's omniscient, omnipresent, and all-powerful. He knows all of these things. But Adam needed to answer that question for himself. Do you know where you are? In other words, you used to walk with me. We used to have this intimate relationship, and now something has happened where you think you need to hide from me. So when it says, in this passage, it talks about Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Here is a man who learned how to recapture that relationship with the living God. And he walked with God and was not like everyone else. And so the Lord took him. And here's how the line continues in Genesis, in Genesis 5, 25 through 27, referring to Methuselah. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. After he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years, and then he died. This is significant because, yes, Methuselah was the oldest man in all of Scripture. And if you wonder why people live to be older, I can give you a long answer to that question um, later. But a, a simple answer I will give you is that, remember, we were created to live forever. And that hadn't wore off yet at the point of Methuselah. There was a sign of a long life, was a sign of faithfulness, was a sign of covenant, was remaining in relationship with the Lord. And so here, in the middle of all of this wickedness, 
is a remnant. There's Enoch, there's Methuselah, and there's this line leading up to Noah that the Lord is preparing. So, you know the story about the flood, you know the story about the ark, you know the story about all the animals on the ark, so I want to give you a jump to Genesis 7, 21 through 23. Here's what happened, here's what really happened with the flood. Here's the hard part that we have, the, the stories that we don't like to tell our kids. It says, every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind, everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Next verse. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. The people and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those that were with him on the ark. Now, do you think that verse sounds harsh? Does that sound a little harsh? And as Chris had said, he made an accurate point. God gave the covenant of the rainbow that he would never flood the earth again. But there's something in Revelation 20, 11 through 15 that should sound really familiar. It says, when I saw a white, great white throne and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. There is another judgment that's going to happen someday. There's another judgment very similar to what happened with the flood is going to happen again. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen after the second judgment except the new heavens and the new earth. Scripture doesn't give us a lot, a lot, a lot of details about what this new heavens and new earth is going to be like. But we do have some very clear details about what happened after the flood on earth. Do things get better? Let's read in Genesis 9, 1 through 3. It says, it says Then God blessed Noah after the flood and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky and on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. The Lord told Noah when he gets off of this boat with all of his descendants, be fruitful and multiply. You have been given dominion over the earth. You have authority, authority given to you by God to go create, to go produce. And here is what creation does in Genesis eleven three through 4. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered all over the face of the earth. And right away, the first thing that creation begins to do right after it gets off the ark, right after judgment, is they begin to to do the exact opposite of what the Lord asked them to do and instead build a name for themselves. See, there's a lot of synergy here. It seemed as if they were doing 
a good thing, but you know the Lord has never been interested in the kingdoms of man. One of my favorite musicians calls them dying stars. Rise, 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 so the world can see your man-made religiosity, your man-made stuff, but ultimately you're falling, you're dying. There's really only one reason that we are here, and it is to serve and live in obedience to the living God. The Lord wasn't interested in their kingdoms. He was interested in what Enoch found, what Methuselah found, and what Abel understood that is still being presented to you and I today. He was interested in a relationship. Genesis 6-5 said that every inclination on man's heart was bent on evil. We sung a little bit about this today. Genesis 6-5 is really the theme of this message There is something in us that naturally we are bent. We do have this natural bend towards wickedness. We do have this natural bend towards evil. And that there is judgment as a consequence of that. But in Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, it says, uh, referring to Christ, that surely he took up our pain, he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. Crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep had gone astray, each of us had turned our own way, but the Lord had laid upon us the iniquity of us all. You can throw a couple texts up there, Nick, and I might get to them, I might not. I just want to bring this to a close and tell you that, look, there's the stories that we often don't like to tell our kids and yet alone still tell each other, is that we still have this bend toward wickedness at times. And it doesn't just come when we have crises in our life and when really things are really challenging. It comes just with the mundane. If we don't slow down enough to remember who we are, remember the God who created us, we quickly fall away and actually find ourselves hiding from the living God. The stories that we do need to tell our kids, the stories that we need to tell each other is that I'm still here because I still need a living God. I'm still here because I still need Jesus. I'm a perfect example of that. And I I can't believe I'm stupid enough to do this, but I'm going to tell you a story, okay? Just how big of a dork I am, okay? Because I have to remind my kids that I, I I haven't arrived at anything yet. You know, it's, it's kind of funny being a pastor sometimes because, wait, Dad, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to do those things. You're not supposed to say those things. You're right. I'm not. So I'm going to give you one of those stories. And, Nick, I gave you a picture that you might want to show at some point when I get to the end of that story, okay? Okay, so just about, I don't know, 10 days ago, um, I wake up. We have this little wiener dog in my house. And, and he just, my alarm, I had like 20 more minutes and he's licking my face, okay? He's telling me he's ready to get up. And so I'm willing to, to, to get up and let him out. But my, pillows, my pillow is on my um, bed, and it's like halfway off my bed. So as I lean over, I fall hard and hit the floor, okay? First thing as soon as I wake up. So then I have to let the dog out. And if you just wake up and you haven't been to the restroom, you have to use the restroom really bad. So I'm standing there waiting for my dog to hurry up and come in and saying, come on, come on. And we have this thing where we have these cats. I've told you um, that I would never try to get rid of them. I would never try to do that to them. But, but, but since we've, my kids want more pets, and since we've had these other pets, 
um, they, they, for whatever reason, they're having a hard time adjusting. We have this one cat named Jojo that, that likes to use the bathroom in our bathroom on the floor, okay? So while I'm waiting for Harvey to get in, is my little wiener dog, hurry up, hurry up, Harvey, finally comes in, and I hurry up and run to the bathroom. The lights are still on, and guess what I step in? And that's when your pastor dad said things to wake up the whole entire family that he probably shouldn't. So I have moments, and again, I would never try, I'm not that cold that I would try to get rid of my pets without telling my family. Um, But I have moments where I have to be reminded that I am still bent on wickedness. And it's not, I'm not in some crisis. These are just the mundane, daily, everyday things that everybody has to deal with. And even then, we need to be reminded that we are still in need of a Savior. The Lord is not done with me yet. He's not done with you either. The stories we need to tell our kids, the stories we need to tell our grandkids, the stories we need to tell each other is, you know what, Cain, I got some of that junk in me still too. You know what, some of those people that didn't want to do what Noah was doing and, and were, were wicked, I still have some of that in me too. But you know what, by the grace of God, as Bingo shared last week, all have fallen short of the glory of God, but we have, it is by grace, the free gift of the living God, that we can choose to receive, that we can have salvation and still pursue salvation today. I need Jesus today just as much as I needed him yesterday, just as much as I did when I was 19 years old and I gave my life to him. I still need his presence, but it will ultimately be my choice, just like it was the choice of Noah, just like it was the choice of Abel, just like it was the choice of Enoch to walk with God. Let's choose to receive the grace that is offered to us, recognize our own bend toward wickedness, and receive the love of the living God. Let's pray. Lord, we need you. Today, this Memorial Day, we have to take a step back and remember even as we're sitting here and thinking of all the different things we're going to do after service and the the different things that we need to get done. I'm reminded of how distracted those who built the Tower of Babel were because they were so consumed with being about themselves. They were so consumed with doing something that others would notice that they did the opposite of what we're called to do on Memorial Day. They forgot forgot who they were, they forgot who created them, and they forgot the most basic, simple bread and butter command to be fruitful. Lord, forgive me for all the ways that I can be about myself. Forgive me for all the ways that I can be so consumed with my own agenda that my heart becomes hard. Forgive me for all the ways that I am bent and that, Lord, may I never forget to remind myself and remind others that I am still a man in need of a Savior. I still must make the choice to walk with you, to say yes to you, to say yes to worship, to say yes to repentance, and to say yes to walking with the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. So now that we hear you, may we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our offertory thought is from Matthew 10, 